From the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar DeWind, communications executive here at Cervera Real Estate in sunny Miami. Today, we are talking about creativity, original thought, innovation, disruption, and growth in Miami, the magic city. And leading us through that conversation is none other than Philippe Houdard, chairman of the Innovation Advisory Group at the Miami Downtown Development Authority. Philippe, thanks for coming. Thank you. Glad to be here. Excited to have you here. This is a topic that doesn't always get as much of a, attention for Miami, which is, is known for a lot of other great things, but um, tech and innovation and whatnot is something that over the recent years has definitely started to creep more into the conversation. We ourselves as a city have gotten um, established as, as bigger players, so to speak, into that field. Um, and so we're really looking forward to having you sort of do a deeper dive for us. Um, on why and how uh, that is, those key drivers. But before we do, by way of introduction for our guests, if you wouldn't mind, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and sort of what led you uh, here to Miami. Um, Sure. So I actually moved to Miami about 20 years ago, specifically to work in technology. Um, I was living in Boston. I'd just uh, gotten out of graduate school and was hired by Lucent Technologies and the Latin American headquarters. Um, Lucent's now owned by Nokia. Um, but I've really observed the and been part of this transformation that's, uh, that's happened in Miami over the last couple of decades. Um, and um, so about a year ago, as you mentioned, I was, uh, I was invited to join the board of the Miami Downtown Development Authority and asked to chair this innovation advisory group. And the concept really um, is based on the notion that Miami uh, still is considered and seen by most people as overwhelmingly the sun and fun and uh, tourism and nightlife type of place. And while that is true, there has been a major shift in evolution in the economy. And what uh, has happened now is that there has been a true emergence of innovation and tech-driven companies that have made uh, the market much more diverse here. So excellent, and and so as part of your involvement with with the DDA, then the I guess, and actually, why don't we first for most of our audience and listeners know are familiar with the DDA, right? But just for those in case that aren't, maybe um give a bit of an overview on what the uh, the Development Authority is is sort of tasked with. The DDA is a quasi governmental organization that's really tasked with. Um, helping stimulate the uh, economy and the market in downtown Miami, uh, as well as give direction and, um, and, and impart knowledge on uh, what's going on in the city. So we, we, we're chaired by Ken Russell, who's mm-hmm. a city commissioner, and are frequently engaging with different elected officials in South Florida. And so that gives us a, an opportunity to pull together the collective knowledge mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and thoughts of, of people who are pretty well informed to try to give some sort of direction to our, our elected officials. Excellent. So recently you gave a presentation on uh, on our topic, innovation, disruption, growth, and creativity in Miami. Um, sort of walk me through that, if, if you will, uh, the key components and sort of the what you found to be most interesting in, in the research process. Well, at the core of it 
is really this notion of creativity being very central to the culture of Miami. Um, historically, Miami is not known for that. Miami is known for coming down here and having fun uh, and going to the beach and being known. You go anywhere in the world and people know Miami and they're excited about it and they think it's this awesome place to, to come and spend a little bit of time and have some fun. But um, there has been a dramatic change in the city and the culture and many uh, aspects of it so that it really has become this fount of creativity. Um, the reason that that is important is that this uh, unrestricted expression of thought, of uh, this unrestrained creativity really does help produce uh, workers who are innovative, mm -hmm. who are bringing original thought, and that is what all companies around the United States, around the world, are looking for. Where do I go to find innovative workers? Innovative workers are the workers that are most creative. It's no longer just how do I get from A to B mm -hmm. in a way that's most um, cost efficient, that's most uh, effective, that's most uh, where I can do that more, most quickly. It's how do I get from A to some unknown destination that's dramatically different than what existed before and certainly what's different than what competitors are doing. Uh, Miami happens to, um, to, to be this place that is producing very disruptive workers, uh, which... Uh, Why do you think that is? For a variety of reasons. But if you're going to talk about um, innovation, and if you're going to talk about innovation in Miami specifically, you absolutely have to address the concept of immigration. Okay. Um, just as a point of reference and to set the context, uh, at the turn of the century, in 1900, mm -hmm. New York was regarded as the most cosmopolitan city in the United States and maybe even in the world at the time, uh, with 37% of its population that was uh, comprised of immigrants. Um, and everybody was enthusiastic about New York. It was on the cusp of doing great things, specifically because all of this fresh um, thought and new ideas were, were converging on the city. In fact, that did happen. Now in Miami in 2018, 51% mm -hmm. uh, of our population wow. is comprised of immigrants. Uh, so from 36, 37% in New York, 1900, compared to, to Miami, Miami is much more uh, full, uh, much more uh, of a diverse city. Um, that is extremely important because Economists are known for disagreeing on virtually every topic that, <laughs> that exists in the, in the dismal science. Um, but there is one thing that there is general and broad-based consensus uh, on, which is one, that startups play a disproportionate role in, the, in driving the growth of any economy and the creation of jobs, and immigrants play a disproportionate role in the creation of startups and new, and, uh, new companies. Wow. So immigrants are really a driving force in the creation of any uh, environment where you're looking for creativity, which, which helps uh, produce new businesses. Well, so then it, th that all makes sense because given that Miami is, I think we're one of the most international uh, cities in the world, I think 51% yep. plus, right, as you just mentioned. Uh, and in the context with New York, I mean, you got another 15% approximately uh, over that. People often forget the city's just over 100 years old ourselves. Miami, right? Miami's a new city. It's a fresh city. Um, and, and that's exactly right. 
the types of people that are coming to Miami, um, it's also quite interesting. So Miami is uh, home to refugees, exiles, uh, people that are coming here for all variety of reasons. Um, and it's really um, differentiated. So on the one hand, you have um, Miami's, there was a report that came out in the BBC uh, a couple of years ago that said Miami's the capital of, of uh, wealthy Latin America. Mm -hmm. If you live in Miami, you know that. You know that. You know that there are um, just wealthy immigrants sure. um, from throughout the Americas that, that appear here. That is important for the, the, the topic that I'm talking about here today, which is um, wealthy Latin Americans who immigrate to the United States frequently come here with capital, with networks, with ideas, maybe existing businesses in their home countries, and come here and create new entities and new businesses mm -hmm. and create jobs. Um, so that's really important. But it's also the, the unskilled and, and less educated immigrants that are also helping drive this boom in, in, uh, in new entities and startups that are existing here. How in so? Well, um, immigrants come here usually uh, through a process of self-selection. Sure. They're here because they want to, and they're willing to endure the pain. It's painful to leave your home country. It's painful to leave everything behind, and it's also risky. But for many people, it's regarded as something that is worth, uh, an undertaking that's worthwhile because they have that inner drive. Um, so that really helps. There's another issue which is important, which is that, um, as you mentioned, um, well, so of the 52 la large cities in Miami, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in the United States, Miami is the number one, right? It's the most international city in the United States. Um, but it's also the number two city in the United States for highly educated immigrants. Interesting. Um, that's also important because right. that really helps to uh, drive the growth. The only city that is in front of Miami in terms of highly educated, meaning uh, immigrants who have a bachelor's degree or above, the only city that is uh, in front of, uh, of Miami is San Jose, California, wow. the heart of Silicon Valley. Right. So while there may be a discussion and a heated uh, debate uh, in the country uh, more generally about immigration, what the policy should be, um, and I'm not interested in, in entering that discussion. That's a whole other podcast. That, that, yes, <laughs> uh, and probably uh, more fun and, and uh, more, more fireworks would go off. Right. But um, the reality is the reality, which sure. is Miami's uh, cosmopolitan city uh, with a lot of immigrants. In Silicon Valley, you don't see people fighting to keep immigration down. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Half of the companies, half of the new companies in Silicon Valley are founded by, uh, by immigrants. Uh, and if you look just more broadly in the United States, somewhere between uh, 45 and 50 percent, depending on how you define it, of Fortune 500 companies were started by immigrants or the children of immigrants. Wow. If you take a look more broadly, just at startup companies in general, a quarter, 25% of startups are created by immigrants. So that's a very, very potent concentration. Mm -hmm. Your question was, um, why? Why does Miami have this mm -hmm. sort of sense of, uh, of creativity and drive and disruption and, and innovation? That is a very meaningful component of it. Mm -hmm. But it's not just immigrants alone. It's when, you br when immigrants come to the United States and really participate in what the United States is all about, mm -hmm. which has this ethos of expansion, of taking risks, of creativity, of growth, of having opportunities um, that are uh, hopefully unrestricted. When, so it's the, this combination 
when you have the immigrants that are coming in, and then you also have uh, really talented people here in Miami that are, are converging and together they're able to be part of that American ethos where there's a, a well-developed economy, there's there are well-developed capital markets to invest in great people and great ideas that are really coming up with novel uh, approaches to doing something, um, the rule of law, the political stability, and all the other things that really help make our economy much more robust and receptive to, to people that come here and are willing to do something. So it's combining that, the immigrants, with the system and with the, the folks that are emerging here. So there's also a lot of the- Local of talent, you mean, right? Local talent and people that are coming down from New York, from Ohio, from California, from all over the place that are coming to Miami for, for a variety of reasons, which I'm happy to get into. But one of the things that is important and worthwhile noting is that uh, even though Miami doesn't look like Gainesville, Florida, or Ann Arbor, or Cambridge, or a typical college town, Miami actually is a college town <laughs> in a way because there are 250,000 students at any one time in Miami-Dade County, um, which uh, elevates Miami to being the number seven city in the United States in students per capita. It means there are a lot wow. of students here. Um, the pipeline of students that are emerging and that are coming onto the market and that are capable of working for these companies or creating their own is very impressive. And if you take a look at the colleges and universities uh, here in Miami, but even just sort of, let's say, Florida sure. in general, it's impressive. And um, I was quite surprised to see this, but U.S. News and World Report, which, as you know, always comes up with a ranking of the yep. best colleges, and they, you know, they cut, slice it, and dice it in any way that you want to. Um, the U.S. News and World Report ranked the state of Florida two years running, 2017 and 2018, mm -hmm. as having the best college, the state with the best college system in the United States. Wow. So, you know, it's not to say that um, uh, Florida has uh, the equivalent of MIT or Oxford or Yale or Harvard, whatever, but it does, as a system sure. is the most robust system uh, possible. And, and Miami draws from a lot of those First of all, there's FIU and UM mm -hmm. and Miami-Dade College and, and Barry and all these um, sort of uh, higher, these um, colleges or universities that are based here. But you also have great colleges and universities throughout the state. You see at University of Central Florida, yep. University of Florida, Florida State. You just kind of go across. A lot of graduates from, from those institutions come down here. Yeah, so from the beach to the books, we've we've got it all, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think that U.S. News and World Report article was um, was super interesting, and in general, Miami's, uh, I guess, um, high ranking Miami and Florida, as you mentioned, high ranking educational system was one of the aspects of our home that really surprised me uh, personally in our sort of education and research process and you know our ongoing day-to-day -day work i think even going down to um the secondary education and and whatnot you know right we're, we're doing well talk yes. to me about sort of how that plays into the whole system yeah so um when i um when I first started uh, taking a look at this issue, to be quite honest, I was a little bit dubious. I was like, yeah, you know, there's a <laughs> lot of What am I going to find here? <laughs> yeah, you know, like I know there's a lot of chatter about Miami being this uh, sort of the next, you know, they called it Silicon Beach during the dot-com era. And then after that, then there's a there's always a sort of, you know, this, this concept of Miami 
um, reinventing itself, sure. right? And that's a natural part for a young city. Uh, you know, it's a natural part of the process. Um, but once I started really doing the research on this, and we have a great committee um, uh, in the DDA that's working specifically on this topic, once we started looking at it from all different angles, we really did see that the starting point, the human capital, is very substantial, and it's got a lot of elements that feed into it that really all of a sudden says, hey, you know what, Miami isn't just this, this you know, fun place, which it is, but it's something that's so much more substantial. We have reached, so we've definitely crossed the from, from the one side where Miami was fun and exciting and, and growing and everybody to this part where, like, now it really has enough layers of human capital mm -hmm. to make it interesting for companies. So you asked about the, the, the primary, secondary schools. Miami has this amazing superintendent uh, for the school system, uh, Superintendent Carvalho, um, which has now elevated the public school systems to an A ranking. Um, that's impressive. It's for for people that are concerned about what is the school system like for our children. Uh, that's interesting for executives that are looking to move to Miami or developers, young families, or people that are looking to move their companies to, to Miami. They want to know that their families are going to be able to receive a, a great education, not just that their kids are going to be running wild, uh, you know, having a great right. time in Miami. They want to make sure that they're and that is something that Miami does does offer. Even if you take a look at the private schools, again, just looking at you know uh, elementary, middle, high school, there's some amazing private uh, schools, uh, Ransom Everglades, uh, Gulliver. If you take a, just throughout, mm -hmm. there are some very highly ranked private schools that are based here as well. It's also interesting because if you're looking at Generation Z, I guess it's you know the the the, the, the young <laughs> the kids now, yeah, exactly right? the generation that comes after. Um, you have uh, uh, also another pipeline of very young people that are going to be coming onto the market in about ten years. Well, it's it's funny you say that because what I find interesting about your uh, your answer is that I usually thought of what you just mentioned in terms of the pipeline, how that helps us as a business. Um, as a enticing destination for businesses, but I didn't think also how that also impacts business uh, and business owners' decision to move down in terms of their kids uh, being uh, having access to the great educational system. So it's twofold. That's right. <clears throat> um, cities across the United States are doing great, mm -hmm. and it's competitive. And Miami has to be competitive. And the very first issue that people want to know is what kind of uh, what's the population like? Am I going to be able to hire? And am I going to be able to hire on a consistent basis for many years to come? Mm -hmm. So that education system overall is is critical. It's really important, and we have you know great news to share on that front. Also, um, education is 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 under assault. I would say education system is okay. Great. Are we teaching our kids the right things? Um, are uh, the economies changing, the markets changing, the types of jobs, the skills that are required. And oftentimes schools um, and also colleges and universities have a hard time responding quickly enough to that rapidly changing dynamic. Mm -hmm. So the skills that are required, particularly technical skills but soft skills as well, are changing very quickly. And so what has happened is you have these academies, coding schools, 
and other types of, of uh, teaching institutions that are emerging to really feed the gap. And Miami has really become a, a, a nexus for a lot of that. So we have um, coding academies like Iron Hack and Launch, uh, Launch, Launch Pad or Launch Code, I can't remember. Um, a number of different institutions that are producing thousands of coders in the market here in Miami. That has been something that a lot of companies that I'm talking to, and I was just in Silicon Valley two weeks ago, we were at the Facebook campus, we were meeting with Silicon Valley Bank, we are meeting with 500 Startups, which also has an um, operation here in Miami now. But everybody wants to know about the skills issue and skills gap. And so Miami is now recognized, not just by me and other people who are interested in, in, in revealing the truth about it, but by, by this third-party validation. Mashable, which has six million followers on Twitter and it's kind of recognized as a go-to place for anybody who's interested in innovation and technology, has ranked Miami as the third emerging tech hub wow. um, in the United States. Um, you have Dice, which is a tech uh, uh, headhunter recruiter firm, very well respected, um, has Miami ranked as the number one uh, city in the United States for, cre or for hiring of technical talent. Um, you have more and more people and people who count be, uh, mean, well, people who are respected sure. in the field of innovation and technology that are pointing to Miami and saying, you know what, that's the next city. Um, and in fact, it is the city now. Mm -hmm. um, there was a report that just came out by the, the, the Kaufman, it's the Kaufman, Kaufman Index, which every year ranks cities in the United States based on the creation of new companies, startups. Sure. Um, Miami is now ranked number one in the United States for new uh, company, for, new, for number of new startups. Two years running. That's amazing. Again, 2017 and 2018, bumped up ahead of Austin. Austin's also bandied sure. about oftentimes as an interesting place for startups. But Miami is now in front of Austin, two years running for, uh, for new companies. Take that, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, I mean, so it really, on all fronts, tech sector, Miami is really a, a sort of well-oiled machine right now. And I guess uh, with with good reason then that we're in the top 20 for the Amazon HQ2 bid. I, uh, I know the decision's coming later this year, but what are your thoughts on how, where we are now um, as, a, as a city, as a sort of a tech uh, environment, um, how important is that to the Amazons of the world and these other companies as, as you're going in your travels? Yeah, um, so it will soon be revealed what Amazon's decision is. And if it's Miami, fantastic. We'll be very excited about that. We're ready that. for you. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, and even if it doesn't, sure. um, it's certainly been a validation of where we are. Mm -hmm. There were 237 companies that applied to be the, the, the host for the second headquarters for Amazon. Um, it was narrowed down to 20. We're part of that 20, along with San Francisco and Chicago and New York and Washington and some of these major cities. Miami's um, didn't surprise me that we were made it to the shortlist. Mm -hmm. um, but whatever happens is really less relevant to, to, to the validation of this overall concept, which is, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's no longer this mirage in the future. Miami's on the, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just know that in 10 years, you know, not, no, it's, it's, it's ha it has happened, it's happening, and, it, and it's continuing to happen. And you can point to a number, uh, uh, like a very substantial cluster 
that has now emerged. Because it's one thing to say, hey, look, we've got the talent, we've got the universities, we've got all these immigrants with ideas, we have this. But unless you can say, uh, yes, and in fact, here's a list of all the companies, and they've done it and they're doing it, um, then it doesn't mean much. The good news is that we actually do have that extensive list of companies that are now here and growing. Um, you can just look to uh, Magic Leap, for instance, mm -hmm. that raised two billion, over $2 billion, right. $2 billion from Kleiner Perkins and Alibaba and Google and is uh, really the innovator on mixed reality. I was just there a couple of weeks ago as well. And um, when you're walking through there, you feel like you're in Silicon Valley. They've got, you can look at LinkedIn to get a sense of how many employees. They have uh, over 1,500 employees. In That's Google. here in Miami, right? Yeah, it's just a little bit north of Miami. So if you, uh, you know, you, you take a look, that's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you have some of the established players like Citrix, one of the most successful technology companies in the world, just a little bit north of, in Fort Lauderdale. Um, they have 8,000 employees. You take a look at Chewy, which was founded in 2011. They provide all kinds of uh, goods and, and services for, for pets. Um, they were acquired two years ago for $3.5 billion. Again, Miami-based company. Uh, it's the largest transaction, largest acquisition of an online retailer in the history of, you know, whatever since this started happening, <laughs> since internet. Um, you have other successful entities that are, that are well-established, large companies that are, that are here. In addition to all their over a hundred companies that have their Latin American headquarters, everything from Levi's to DHL to Cartier to Porsche, just all of these companies that have their Latin American headquarters here, which again answers the question in the strongest possible way that you can hire and manage and grow your company with the talent that's located here. So speaking of the, the growing and sort of where we're going, um, with with all of this amazing sort of foundation that has been built up, what does Miami's tech, Miami and the Miami tech sector look like in the next 5, 10, 20 years in your opinion? Um, well, I think it's going to continue growing and growing very, very aggressively because all of the trends are, po are pointing to that. Um, and we continue to see... Uh, um, companies, groups, entities that do very substantial analysis on what's going on here in Miami that continue to double down on that investment. We just see um, Kellogg, uh, uh, one of the top, you know, usually in the top five or ten executive or MBA programs in the United States that has an operation here in Miami. We have Babson, which for 22 years running, also U.S. News and World Report, 22 years running, has been ranked the number one MBA program for entrepreneurship um, that also just opened up an operation here in Miami. They have a, a, a satellite campus here. Um, Babson is, they have their, uh, their main headquarter or their campus in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Um, they opened up several satellite offices three additions, three, uh, three of them more specifically. One in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. The other one was in Dubai, and then they just opened here in Miami. So I asked the executive director why it was that Babson, known the world over for, for, the, for this, why move to Miami? And he pointed to the, to the same thing that we're talking about, which is it's ranked number one in the United States for new companies, new startups, and so that's where they would want to be. And secondly, it's one of the top cities where their uh, graduates move to. So everybody is see, seeing Miami as this real source of 
of, um, of innovation and entrepreneurship. So I, I think it'll continue. There are a lot of new companies that are being created that are that are emerging. A lot of startups. There's uh, I just met with these guys from uh, Brazilian guys from a company called Decora, that uh, was was founded in Brazil but moved to South Florida um, a few years ago, and they just sold for a hundred million dollars. We're hearing more and more. They were acquired by a company based in New York. We're hearing more and more of about this. This not only start uh, companies being started here, but also companies moving here. Mm -hmm. So not just creative Brazilian startup type of companies that did go on to become successful and have a successful exit, but even large companies like uh, like Instacart, uh, Uber. Uber has their southeast. Uh, headquarters based in Miami, not Charlotte, not Atlanta, not you know wherever, you, whatever options and alternatives they have, but here in Miami. So everything points to this continuation of growth and emergence of uh, innovation and tech-driven companies here uh, here in Miami. I like it. You're listening to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. We're talking to Philippe Houdard, chairman of the Innovation Advisory Group for the Miami Downtown Development Authority and a wealth of knowledge. It's not even 12 o'clock and I feel like I've learned so much today. So this is this is great. So Philippe, we talked about the key aspects and drivers of Miami as a center for uh, creativity, innovation, disruption, and growth um, in those human capital. As you mentioned, it's it's an innovation hub. We have an affordable business climate, and obviously Miami offers a great quality of life from sun and fun to education, healthcare, and, and all in between. Are there any other aspects or key pillars of, of this overall um, conversation and just in general topic that you, that you think we we haven't touched on yet um yes well just on this on this issue of uh, affordability mm -hmm. and uh what the business climate is um you know consistently my uh florida generally is regarded as one of the most uh favorable business climates uh of any state in the in the united states so usually people talk about texas and they talk about florida and they may throw in some other but those are the, those are the big ones um of course, there's no income tax in uh, in Florida. Uh, that usually gets people's attention, right? And especially <laughs> people that are interested in being successful and and generating uh, wealth and and holding on to that wealth. Um, that's certainly something that that's interesting. Um, CEOs and CFOs are uh, beleaguered by costs and taxes uh, in the traditional tech hubs. So if you're in San Francisco, you're getting killed on taxes. Um, the cost of living is extraordinarily high. Uh, the cost of real estate is high. The um, affordability of houses are oftentimes out of reach for uh, you know a lot of employees. And, uh, and, it, and it's harder and harder for those decision makers to continue to be able to substantiate that it's a good decision to be out there, mm -hmm. whether it's San Francisco or New York or Chicago. There are benefits, no doubt, sure. because there's a lot of talent, there's a lot of activity. But um, people are um, really reconsidering now mm -hmm. because talent's available all over, just as you know, we sort of discussed here. Right. Um, why stay in a place that's very expensive and, and sometimes less appealing uh, when you can go somewhere else where there's a lot of activity and growth and really be part of that emergence? And I imagine that's true for the business owner, but also the employees. I mean, it's, yes. it's all, you know, the, the entire spectrum. Yeah, that's exactly right. <clears throat> the, 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 the cost of living, Miami is not cheap. 
in terms of the the cost of living here and and being part of of, of the city, uh, but it's substantially cheaper mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, than all the major coastal cities. Right. If you take a look at San Francisco, if you take a look at New York, Washington, uh, just the major places, um, the cost of living here is considerably lower, and that's appealing to employees. Um, but there's something that's even more important than that. Um, people are no longer willing to just grind. I mean, some people are, but there is a less lesser and lesser propensity to be able to to want to just suck it up and go work in Houston mm-hmm. uh, where uh, okay great the taxes are, are low and everything but people want to live in a great environment now mm-hmm. people are just much more interested in quality of life and um, Miami it remains one of the most sort of desirable places and and you know in the United States in the world really you go anywhere in the world and and, and you let people know that you live in Miami. Their eyes light up, right? Their eyes light up, and they're they're immediately envious, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're flying in an airplane, and you're you know, you're 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 sitting by the window, and you're coming in, you're gonna land in Miami, and people are like crawling over you to you know craning their <laughs> necks so they can see the in the window, so they can see the palm trees and the right. and the and the water and all, and it's it's an amazing place. Yeah, the um, that is important for recruitment. Um, for being able to attract even more talent than what already exists here. Um, And, um, you know, back to this issue of it's not just the beach and it's not just the clubs, which, you know, great. Hey, if you're 20, like, you better be able to find something appealing to 20-something employees because they want to have a life, right, if you're trying to recruit them. But it's also um, the culture of Miami, the city has really grown up. Mm -hmm. And in the last 10 or 12 years, if you take a look at the investment growth creation of all things related to creativity, um, it has just totally exploded. Starting from the Adrian Arsh Center, Mm -hmm. which has over 400 performances a year, everything from Hamilton to Lion King to I don't know what, to the Frost Science Museum, the Perez Art Museum, the New World Symphony Orchestra, and just on and on, there's this, everything that has to do with the arts, with science, with creativity has just completely exploded here, combined with neighborhoods that didn't exist you know, a decade or two ago, right. Wynwood with the Wynwood Walls. You have Little Haiti that's in the midst of transformation. You have the Design mm-hmm. District. You have Midtown. Even Brickell, which used to just be the home to a bunch of international banks, is now a, a thriving neighborhood. Yep. So you have this uh, evolution in the city from uh, just the nightclubs and fine dining, and that's great, but to much more which uh, for me is interesting, not only from a consumption standpoint, like I love to go out and do interesting and fun and novel things, but also in, in that it r- helps to um, drive the type of people that live here, it's people that are just part of a creative environment and that are uh, really just part of this innovative type of culture that we're part of. And that is what is driving a lot of this, this innovation startups and even the large companies from being able to be able to be disruptive. Absolutely. And I, I think you hit it spot on in terms of, you know, number one, how much we've grown and evolved. It's just a completely different city even than 
um, when I when I um, moved down here ten years ago. But um, in terms of the, that special quality and that attraction that Miami has, you made me think of any time that you're coming, you're flying back in to MIA, right? And you look out the window, you were talking about craning your necks. Yeah. There's just a special like excitement that you get, like a feeling. You're like, you know, I'm back, I'm here. It's like yeah. the energy. Um, that's amazing. You don't find that everywhere. Yeah, it's true, and 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 that's the thing when you're when you're um, comparing cities because um, all cities do have to be very competitive. It's not like uh, a few decades ago where you had a few really cool cities and then some other cities that were just going on about their business. Mm-hmm. Um, all cities now are really focused on. Um, just really being competitive. You have to be because we live in a mobile world. Companies are flexible. They can move uh, easily, uh, whereas that wasn't so much the case in the past. Um, and Miami start, you know, starts off with, a, you know, we, we're in a great environment, just even geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beaches are amazing. Um, then the, the climate's fantastic. Um, being uh, on this kind of promontory where you can just jump off and you're in the Caribbean. Uh, I was just in Jamaica last week. You just like snap your fingers and you're anywhere in the Caribbean or Central America and, and Latin America as well. There's a great company that has about 100 employees. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, to mention their name because they're in the, there's still some negotiations on them moving to Miami. But a great company based in New York mm-hmm. that's in education technology that has uh, made the decision to move to Miami in a large reason, large part because um, of the, all the direct flights all across Latin America. And that's important for them because that's a big part of their business. Um, and uh, and it doesn't apply so much to them, but Europe as well. There are a lot of Europeans that are all over uh, Miami, and um, so f- to, to, to be in this geographical location where you can easily access destinations all around the world, that's just really important. That's something that Miami has to offer. I think, and we've got a lot to offer here. I, I, I say it all the time. I think Miami has the potential to be the global city. Yeah. Um, you know, looking down the line. Well, obviously, we're already top ranked amongst them. But with everything you've just said, with all of the other sort of intangibles in terms of lifestyle, um, weather, all of that, you start adding on all of these other substantive, substantive elements, education, arts, culture. I mean, the food. I mean, we're yeah. what, top three, four best foodie city in America, um, you know, all these other things just coming together. And it's, it's got the potential to go all the way, I think. Yeah, even if you, when, once I started taking a look at, once I started looking at this lifestyle element, and I started looking at uh, events and festivals and all this, I was just astounded at how much goes on. Next week, we'll have the Miami Book Fair, mm-hmm. which is the largest book festival in the United States. Who would have thought that <laughs> until very recently <laughs> that Miami would be the number one city, one, number one uh, book fair? Um, but we'll have 200,000 people that will be coming, converging onto, onto Miami specifically for that. Um, you have Art Basel and uh, other art-related events where you will have, in December, another 100,000 people that are converging on the Miami. It's really become a, a destination for creative thought, whether it's, whether it's literature or books, whether it, it's art. Um, but if you just take a look at, across the gamut, whether it's food, whether you know, there's the food and um, you know, wine festival, um, you know, even if it's, you're looking at a slightly alternative like ultra, uh, if you're looking at the the boat and yacht 
uh, I forget what it's called, but basically the International Boat Show. Yeah, the International Boat Show, which I think, but the Miami and the Fort Lauderdale are the number one highest grossing in, in the world. That that makes sense. I didn't know, but that doesn't surprise me. Um, so you, you, you just can go on and on and on and on with Miami Film Festival. It's just everything has really. Uh, evolved towards this concept of Miami and innovation and creativity, and it's manifested through all types of things, including those types of events. So Miami is a mecca, is the mecca for creativity, innovation, disruption, and growth. I think we proved that here today. I'm excited. We already live here, but I feel like you sold <laughs> me. I want to uh, stay here. Um, Philippe, what else? When you're not um, spreading this good message about um, it, Miami's you know, thriving innovation and tech scene, what else are you? Um, what are you doing on your on, on your other time? <laughs> um, well, so I'm I'm, I'm fortunately able to uh, interact with a lot of the people that are driving this growth. I'm the co-founder of a shared workspace called Pipeline Workspaces. We have seven locations, four of which are are here in South Florida. Um, so a big part of uh, my time is spent uh, trying to, to grow our company and interacting with a lot of interesting entrepreneurs and, and, and other types of companies. Uh, and then in 2006, I started a um, nonprofit called Developing Minds Foundation, and it's really focused on building schools and providing innovative education approaches to people affected by armed conflict. So we work with uh, former child soldiers and other people affected by conflict in Colombia. Uh, we, we have schools in the favelas in Rio de Janeiro, including City of God and Jocinha and uh, other large and, and, and some complicated uh, uh, favelas. Uh, we have a project here in Little Havana. So one of the things uh, that I really enjoy doing is, is that. That's great. You got to have you know the the passion, the balance, and I think it's excellent that you're doing that. We'll definitely include information in the show notes um, with the link, you know, so if anybody wants to learn more about the cause. And speaking of pipeline, I guess if any of the listeners want to get a workspace discount, can they mention the uh, Miami Real Estate Podcast? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for. It's a perk for everyone. So, um, Philippe, uh, let's let's um, wind us out here. Uh, uh, help me with the final thoughts uh, for our listeners um, on the topic. What do you want to leave us with? with here today? Well, really what it comes down to for me is the recognition that Miami is uh, no longer pigeonholed as just this, this um, ultimate destination for tourism and tourism alone, maybe throwing some like, you know, oranges or like, <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, but now it's this, this real um, dynamic and, and innovative city that has the human capital from people uh, from serving as a magnet for talent from around the world, and that's also developing talent here locally, um, combined with all of these institutions that are really investing in the future growth of of the city. So for for me, it's it's really what it's about. It's that Miami has not historically been associated with creativity and innovation, but it has uh, absolutely transformed itself to to be just that. Philippe, thank you so much. Um, I'm excited. I think you're excited. I hope our, our listeners are excited and uh, will come visit us. And when, when you do, look out that window. And if, if you don't get a special feeling in there, I mean, send us an email because I'd, I'd be very surprised. But um, thank you so much for coming in. This has been fun. I hope you had, had fun. And My pleasure. Um, maybe we'll have you on again soon, hopefully. Great. Thank you. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and we certainly enjoyed making it. We hope you will come back. We've got some more great content dedicated to informing, intriguing, and inspiring Miami real estate professionals. Where can you find us? We're on the podcast store, wherever podcasts are available. That's iTunes, of course. We're also on Podbean, Spotify, Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can even ask Alexa about us. Go ahead and visit Cervera.com slash blog. That's where our newsroom is located. We've got some more great content there as well, market reports, and more. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Connect with us on social at CerveraRE or send us an email, Miami Real Estate Podcast at Cervera.com. We would love to hear from you. So from all of us here in Miami, where the future is always bright, until next time. Thank you.